Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, it's Kevin Hart. In this basketball season, Chase Freedom Unlimited is helping me cash back all my game tickets. Plus, tickets for 23 of my biggest fans to cheer me on while I enjoy the game. Your I appreciate the support, people. Eat that pretzel. This will never get old. Use more napkins. Okay, this is starting to get old. Say the tagline. Cash back like a pro. With Chase Freedom Unlimited. Chase, make more of what's yours. Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. The Volume. Lakers Tonight is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. You get great odds in markets for the NBA, NHL, college, and so much more. It's America's number one sportsbook. It's super easy to use. Plus, you can combine multiple bets from the same game into a same-game parlay. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code JasonT so they know I sent you. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Louisiana, permitted parishes only, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. In Tennessee Redline, Dial 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. Visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. All right, welcome to Hoops Tonight, presented by FanDuel here at The Volume. Happy Sunday, everybody. I hope all of you guys are having a great weekend so far. Right on the other side of this camera is the beautiful Lake Chelan in Washington. I wanted to try to set up the camera so that you guys could see it, but I couldn't quite figure out the lighting. So uh, I'll post some pictures of it on Twitter. You guys can see that uh, on my Twitter feed, which is under 
at underscore Jason LT. Feels really good to be out of the Arizona heat. I love Arizona, born and raised there. It's my hometown. I've lived elsewhere and I still moved back. But June, July, August can be really rough. And we've had like back-to-back weeks of 105 degree weather every single day. And we've had just enough monsoon activity to make it humid. It's been miserably hot. And man, getting off of that airplane and walking out of the airport in Seattle was an incredible, <laughs> like, a chance to just exhale and get away from the heat. Uh, my wife and I are hanging out on this lake for the next four days or so. And then we head back to Seattle. We board a cruise ship to head to Alaska. Never been uh, to Seattle, never been to Lake Chelan, never been to Alaska, never been on a cruise. So a lot of firsts for me over the course of the next couple of weeks, but I'm super excited and excited to have a, one last bit of relaxation before we dive back into things this fall and uh, my first full year covering uh, the NBA with the volume, which should be very fun. I'm very, very excited. Uh, today, we're going to talk about this Kyrie Irving report that came from J- uh, Jake Fisher having to do with, uh, I-, I think we might be nearing the end of the rope here and the Lakers might have missed their opportunity. Um, we're going to talk about Russell Westbrook breaking up with his agent, which I thought was kind of the crescendo of this Russ experience and, and this phase that he's going through in his career. And it's going to be kind of a make or break moment for him as to how this story is going to end. And then last but not least, LeBron played in the Drew League yesterday. Obviously, it was entertaining. Great basketball. Packed gym. LeBron has 42. Looks great. We're going to talk about all that. But I also thought it was a very specific message that he was trying to send um, to the Lakers front office. So we're going to get into all that. Before we get started, follow me on Twitter at underscore Jason LT so you guys don't miss any more of my show announcements, video content that I make, and I also post some pictures of the trip uh, for those of you who care. And then... Um, uh, subscribe to the Volumes YouTube channel so you don't miss any more of our videos that we release. And then last but not least, we did finally rebrand the podcast feed. It's no longer it's no longer Lakers Tonight. It is now under Hoops Tonight. So if you miss any of these videos and you can't get back over to YouTube to watch them, go to our podcast feed. It's under Hoops Tonight. Usually the audio is posted there a couple hours after the videos make their way to, uh, to YouTube. Let's start with Kyrie. So Jake Fisher from Bleacher Report. I'm just going to read the, the, the quote here and we'll go from there. Quote, from my conversations with people in the league, it seems pretty clear Kyrie's accepting the fact that he is overwhelmingly likely to be back in Brooklyn. Now, as is always the case with these reports, it's hard to differentiate between what is uh, speculation, what is a leak, uh, a leaks for the sake of leverage, and what is real information. What's interesting about this one is it's coming from Kyrie's perspective. When we've heard reports from Kyrie's perspective to this point, it's always been he wants to go to the Lakers, he'll even sign with the Lakers next year. That's the kind of stuff we've heard on the Kyrie front regardless. Typically, the stuff that we've heard from the teams has been more about like, will Brooklyn bring Kyrie and and, and Kevin Durant back? Will the Lakers move on to Buddy Heald and Miles Turner or whatever it is? Those seem more like leverage leaks. This kind of seems like Kyrie coming to terms with the situation. To be clear, I don't think it's over. I still think the main key here is Kevin Durant. I also believe it was Jake Fisher who reported he talked to somebody in Kevin Durant's camp, and even in spite of everything that's come out in the last few days, he's still hell-bent on getting the trade. Kevin Durant is still the final piece in all of this. I said this, I think, two shows ago, but the reality is, is all it takes is Kevin Durant to kind of look at the landscape of this trade market, see that the teams aren't lining up, see that Phoenix is out because DeAndre Ayton's been re-signed, see that Miami doesn't have the pieces, see that Toronto doesn't want to include Scotty Barnes, and all he has to do is look at that and go like, ugh, like, 
as bad as I have it in Brooklyn, maybe I want out, but I don't see this clear-cut better option. Ben Simmons is interesting. Why don't I talk to Kai, have him come back, we'll run it back with Ben Simmons this year and see if we can make it work. That's all it takes for the Kyrie Irving deal to be dead on arrival. And so what's interesting here is the Lakers are negotiating, and I get why Kyrie's not worth two picks. He's worth one pick in a vacuum. So in a vacuum, it was smart, it is smart, and was smart for them to initially, their initial position to be Russ for Kyrie, one pick. That was smart as their initial position. But here's the thing, and I've told you guys this before, but I used to work in real estate. That's what I did before this. And I would always tell my clients, like, understand that negotiation is a part of this, but don't ever hardline or take a hard position on something you're not willing to lose. Your negotiation power 100% comes down to whether or not you are willing to lose. If you are putting in an offer on a house and you're not emotionally involved in it and you don't care if you lose the house, by all means, lowball them. Put in a wild term in the contract. Do do something to try to advocate for yourself above and beyond what you even hope for. Because then if you get it, great. You got a great deal. And if you don't, who cares? You move on. But all the time, especially during the craziness of the market in the last couple of years, you'd have a, I'd have a client that would get a, a property under contract that we had to competitively bid for against like 16, 20 offers. And then they'd be like, oh, well, I want to fight hard for this repair. or I want to fight hard for this specific credit or whatever it is. And I'd be like, they will dump you and go back on the market and get another deal immediately. You don't have leverage. Are you willing to lose this house? Because if we fight for this, you might lose it. Understanding your fear of loss, understanding your leverage is key to negotiation. Because if you put your foot down, you might get a better deal, but you also might lose the deal entirely. So let's take a look at this situation between the Nets and Lakers. If we look at the Lakers' perspective... They are desperate. Russell Westbrook, not only does he have damn near zero trade value, negative trade value, he just ruined the relationship with his agent. For 14 years, he had a business relationship with this person and ruined it. So from that standpoint, like like Russ's value is so incredibly low. If he was a free agent right now, available for a veteran minimum, he might not get picked up. I don't know how many teams would sign him, but the answer is either zero or close to zero. So that's your predicament. Your other predicament is you only have two players on the roster who are starting level NBA players, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So you are desperate for talent. You're desperate for talent and you're one tra- the one guy that you're looking to trade in this particular deal is Russell Westbrook who nobody wants. So if, the, if you're the Lakers... You have to acknowledge you have zero leverage. Now let's look at the Nets. They don't have leverage either in the sense that like, oh, Katie and Kyrie want to leave. It's that simple. And if you bring them back, you run the risk of toxicity and things along those lines. That's all true. But there are two factors here that are working in Brooklyn's favor and that give them the specific amount of leverage necessary to fight for that second pick from the Lakers. First of all, Kyrie and Ben Simmons' trade value is lower than ever. Kyrie Irving obviously had all of these unavailability issues over the last couple of years, and obviously his fickle personality and lack of reliability is going to be something that, that scares teams away. There's a lot of truth there. But in terms of just basketball, 
He's every bit as good as he ever was. Just in the basketball. So he still brings all-star player to the table in terms of his value. Russell Westbrook does not. And in this particular case, Kyrie's value is lower than it's ever been. So if I'm Brooklyn, if I can somehow get Kyrie just to come back and play 10-15 games... That could massively increase his value just by reminding teams of what he's capable of. Especially when the last taste that we have of Kyrie was that disappointing finish against the Celtics, right? Same thing goes with Ben Simmons. Last time we saw him play basketball, nightmare moment with the Philadelphia 76ers. Since then, mental health issues, back problems, you know, uh, not willing to live up to a contract. His value is lower than ever. So if Kevin Durant, for whatever reason, decides that he wants to run it back and these guys come back, they just got to go 20, 25 games. Go 17 and 8. Kyrie and Ben Simmons play in most of the games. Just like that, their trade value is significantly higher than it was right now. The Nets absolutely are, I would even say likely, to get more for Ben and Kyrie at the trade deadline than they are now. Their main incentive to try to get this done now is just to try to go into training camp with the group that you're actually moving forward with. But the reality is, is Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons' trade values at an all-time low, the Nets are incentivized to try to raise that. Kevin Durant is the key, and he's the second factor here. All it takes is him looking at the landscape, seeing that Phoenix's trade market is dried up, seeing that Miami's trade market is dried up, seeing that Toronto doesn't want to include Scotty Barnes. And understand that maybe he doesn't have a better option that he has right now. I'm coming back to Brooklyn. Kyrie's coming with me. Ben Simmons is coming with me. Bam, Kyrie Irving trade is dead on arrival. And so from that standpoint, like the Lakers, if we look at this up close and personal, the Lakers have no leverage. So I understood their desire to fight for that one first round pick rather than two. They were smart to fight for that. But the fight's over. You lost. Take, throw the second pick on the table, get Kyrie. Because we are right around the corner from this all going back to Brooklyn, bringing everybody back. So they need to accept that. The Clippers are the best example that I could give you guys as a, a, a corollary to this predicament. Kawhi Leonard comes to you, says, I want to sign with you instead of the Lakers in 2019. At that point, he goes, bring Paul George with me. I already talked to him on the phone. He's in. You got to close the deal. Do you think the Clippers had any leverage with OKC? Hell no. They uh, OKC just had a season with with uh, uh, Paul George being an MVP candidate and 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 Russ helping him reach some career highs and all these different things. Right? There was no reason for Oklahoma City to move Paul George, but the Clippers were like, "We know we need him because if we get him, we get Kawhi. Give him everything," and they literally gave them everything. Every pick that they had, all these swaps, all everything, they cleared the treasure trove for that deal because they understood their lack of leverage. Yes, is two first-round picks an overpay for Kyrie? Yeah, it is. It's a bit of an overpay. But this is what happens in negotiation when you don't have the leverage. And I, and it's, and with the Nets, you got to remember, they already have two picks from the Harden deal that they got last year. If they trade KD, they'll probably get five to seven more they're already getting seven, eight picks out of this whole arrangement, right? So they're vindictive enough, I think, especially with everything that happened with Kyrie in the last couple of years to be like, screw you, Kyrie. Yeah, I know we could trade you for one pick, 
But if the Lakers don't give you two, we're bringing you back and we're holding on to you for now. They, they, I believe that they would be willing to do that. And so you got to understand the, 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 understand the predicament, understand the leverage, put the pick on the table, close the deal. Even if things go horribly south and LeBron and AD get hurt again and you miss the playoffs again this year, you blow it up and you can trade everybody and get draft picks. And this is the most important detail. If you get Kyrie in a trade, you have his bird rights to go, I believe, 10% over his salary resigning him next year. So from that standpoint, you can retain him and he is an asset. Kyrie being an asset means you could, if he has three, four years on his deal, you can turn around and trade him for a first round draft pick or two next year if things go really south. In addition to being able to trade Anthony Davis if you really want to blow things up. In, 20, 20, in 2027 or 2029, when things really go, are, uh, uh, when those picks that are in question would be, uh, uh, would actually be, um, uh, would actually be uh, relevant to this situation, at that point, if things go south, the Lakers could just as easily refill the treasure trove. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue, while you prep your meats. That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Warm weather brings many outdoor activities. Happy hours after work, weekend hikes, pool parties, and family barbecues. With all that time spent in the sun, we're often not thinking about what it's doing to our hair. Those rays can seriously affect your scalp and hair, making right now the perfect time to start taking Nutrafol to help keep your hair healthy this summer. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, and faster-growing hair with less shedding. Thinning hair is different for men and women, so a one-size-fits-all approach to hair growth doesn't cut it. Nutrafol has multiple formulas that are tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow based on your biology, life stage, and lifestyle factors. Physician formulated with drug-free ingredients, Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting key root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health. With Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription or doctor's visits required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure you'll never miss a day and you'll see results in three to six months. Get results you can run your fingers through. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code HOOPS. That's H-O-O-P-S. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N U T. R-A-F-O-L dot com, promo code HOOPS, that's H-O-O-P-S. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code HOOPS. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home services marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, Come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done well. Something I've always been a big believer in. When you try to take projects on yourself, you usually don't know what you're doing. You usually end up making mistakes, and it can be a big headache. And so not only can a professional from Angie get the job done more efficiently, but they also are people that you can support within your community as local businesses. With over 200,000 pros 
In their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job is done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects easy. Consider Angie your hub for all your home improvement needs. They can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. Angie has cost guides that will tell you what others have paid for similar projects, both nationally and in your area. And the app is free and easy to use. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. And with Laker fans, I've talked to several over the course of the last couple of days. and And I understand as fans, you feel a certain obligation to defend the franchise and things along those lines. But, you know... To me, the success of the Lakers franchise over the year, and you you guys have all heard this from Laker fans, like, we have 17 titles. Like, you know, we are the most successful franchise in NBA history. You know, all of our success is in, the vast majority of our success is in the modern era. It's not the same as Boston when all the titles were in the 60s or whatever. They have a, a, a reason to be prideful. But to me, that doesn't equal benefit of the doubt for Jeannie Buss. That doesn't equal benefit of the doubt for Rob Palenka. If anything, that should equal standards. That should equal a standard that you hold the franchise to. Here's the reality of the situation. Yes, you have won 17 championships. Yes, you did win a championship two years ago. Less than two years ago. That's all true. Here's the reality, though. That championship came on the strength of LeBron James and Anthony Davis at the peak of their powers, and they are no longer at the peak of their powers. That success came on LeBron James coming to the Lakers and convincing Clutch Sports to direct Anthony Davis there as well. Was not by the doing of Rob Plinka or of Jeannie Buss. When Jerry Buss was in charge, to the day he died, the Lakers missed the playoffs once. Since then, they've made the playoffs twice total. So the standard... That was then in place. The expectation for the Lakers is shifting. That's the problem. You guys are now becoming okay with a form of mediocrity that never existed for the Lakers franchise. And, and, and you guys should be more upset than you are. Because you have LeBron James under contract right now. You have Anthony Davis under contract right now. And you have an opportunity to flip the biggest mistake of this era of Lakers basketball, the Russell Westbrook trade. You have an opportunity to turn Russell Westbrook into an all-star level guard in Kyrie Irving. When all of this was going down, when we were coming into this summer, did any of you think that there was a snowball's chance in hell of flipping Russ for Kyrie? Think about the names that I was throwing out. I was like, maybe you can get Gordon Hayward and Kelly Oubre, or Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier, or Mason Plumley, or or you know, uh, Buddy Heal. These were the types of names we were throwing out. This was uh, this this was literally like the Red Sea parting for you, and just in a in a moment of 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 absolutely no leverage, in in a in a dire moment for the history of the franchise, everything just opened up, and there was Kyrie Irving, and now you want to play hardball. I, I just don't get it. And like I tweeted it out this morning, but I feel bad for Lakers fans because I just know Jerry Buss would have put that second pick on the table. Jerry Buss was running the Lakers. Kyrie would be a Laker right now. All right, let's move on to this Russ stuff for a minute. Um, this, him breaking up with his agent after 14 years, this, I, I said this at the intro, but this to me is the crescendo 
of this phase of the Russ experience. You know, I get a hard time from a lot of people for being hard on Russ. And and again, I tell you guys, like, the reasons why I don't like Russ are, are basketball related. Like, it, it bothers me to watch a basketball team that is bought in and doing everything they can to win and Russ is BSing on the defensive end of the floor. Or when a team is grinding through injuries and just trying to to survive an NBA season and he's complaining about the coach. Or or he's more worried about his touches or his box score than he is about the actual team goal of getting stops and scoring baskets on the other end of the floor. His head is in the wrong place as a basketball player. That's why when I say Russ offends me, that's the kind of stuff I'm, uh, I'm talking about. Like his whole approach to the game bothers me and he has somehow convinced you Russ fans and apologists that because he screams really loud after he dunks or because he can be high energy from time to time that he's somehow like this like blue collar hardworking NBA player it's just not the case watch the damn games he's lazy he doesn't commit to the defensive end of the floor on offense he's only concerned about his individual impact his box score numbers and things along those lines the guy is an issue off the floor. He does blame everything on everybody else. He freaking burned down LeBron James and Anthony Davis after the season, even though they did everything in their power to empower Russ. Everything that has come on to Russ has been Russ's fault. That's the reality of the situation. Lakers fans are not picking on Russ. Lakers fans are are just as offended as as I am at the things that he's done in his time in a Laker in a Laker uniform. And it's always funny to hear people get mad at me for being negative to Russ when his own damn agent of 14 years was like, "I can't do this anymore." You know? Like that that's that that, that that's all you need to know. The teams that employ him no longer want him. This time it's the Lakers. They no longer want him. Mentioned this earlier. If he was a free agent on a veteran minimum contract, how many teams do you think sign Russ tomorrow? It's either zero or close to zero. Okay? So you can be mad at Jason for being anti-Russ. The league is anti-Russ. The agent is anti-Russ. The players are anti-Russ. The general managers are anti-Russ. The owners are anti-Russ. So at a certain point, who's the problem? Is it Jason? Is it the GM? Is it the players? Or is it Russ? Like, the, the, the whole thing was so strange. And, but to me, that, that's why this represents the crescendo. If you ruin a business relationship that was 14 years old, for it, whatever escalated between them to get to the point of dissolving that business relationship, that, 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 that is, if that's not the big red flag, I don't know what is. And that's why I say this is the crescendo of this Russ moment. Because Russ's agent in the statement, which was really strange, and we're going to get into it in a minute. But if Russ's agent in the statement says that he believes Russ will have another moment in this league, I agree. I believe he will. But it will be as a role player. It will be a transformed Russ. And the only way that was ever going to happen is if he hit rock bottom. Which is exactly what happened to Carmelo Anthony. And this is actually worse than what happened to Carmelo Anthony. This is even uglier than the lack of awareness or the denial that Carmelo Anthony was experiencing. But it will take Russ getting traded away from the Lakers and cut and nobody signing him. Or the Lakers not trading him and cutting him. That's what it will take for him to realize that he needs to change. It will take him and his agent burning him down 
after 14 years of service for him to understand that it's a him problem and not an everybody else problem. Because once he acknowledges that, that's when he will go home and truly develop his shot and truly develop his mid-range game and his floaters and his hook shots and his finishing around the basket and him slowing down his pace, not playing at 100 miles all the time, his commitment to the defensive end of the floor, him embracing the little things that help basketball teams win games. That's where when he embraces all of that stuff, I think he's got a solid four or five years of quality basketball ahead of him. But he needed to hit absolute rock bottom first, and that's what this represents. I, I've said this before, but to me, the you know the 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 version of Russ that contributes to a championship team is a poor man's Drew Holiday. He's not Drew Holiday, especially on the defensive end. He'll never be able to be that. But just in the way he devotes his resources, a power guard that plays with physicality as a third option, who devotes the majority of his energy to the defensive end of the floor, particularly guarding up a position. That type of, uh, of, of, of resource uh, dispersion from Russ will allow him to be a productive player. And that's what I see the end of his career looking like. It just had to get really ugly first. And this thing with the agent was, was the ugliest part. The, 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 the statement was really strange. Him talking about Russ not acknowledging that he should stay in LA as if it's Russ's decision when... Rob and, and LeBron and Anthony Davis all want him gone. That all was really strange. I don't really know what to make of the statement part of it. But I just, we, we have to take a look at what we can take, what we know for sure about this. We don't know whose motive is what with the statement. We don't know. Russ says he never requested a trade. I actually believe him. I don't, he didn't need to. The Lakers were trying to trade him anyway. But what we do know is that there's a business relationship here that was 14 years old, that has ended. And when we look at a situation like that, we look at the reputations. This is Russell Westbrook that no NBA team wants to keep for more than a year, and at this point, no NBA team may even want in any capacity. So from that standpoint, who are you going to give the benefit of the doubt to? I would venture to guess that this was a Russ problem. And I don't know what to make of it. I don't know what was the, the, the beef there. If I had to guess... And again, this is just a guess. My guess would be that he approached his agent and said, get me somewhere where I can do what I did in Washington. Like, I don't care if you got to facilitate a buyout. I don't know if you need to direct a trade. I don't know what I need to do. Get me somewhere where I can do what I did in Washington. And I think his agent might have come back at him and been like, nowhere, bro. Like, none of them are going to give you that opportunity. That might, that, 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 that to me... And then that going poorly for Russ and Russ lashing out as a result of that, that would be my guess, but I don't know. It's just, it's hard to even fathom how a business relationship that old could go south. But the way I look at this again is this is why it costs two first round picks to move him. This is why you can't get cheap in your, in your approach to trying to trade Russell Westbrook. He is so toxic right now that his own agency relationship that's a decade and a half old has ended. There is no more opportunity here for you to look at this through rose-colored glasses and pretend as though there's going to be a willing recipient of Russ. That's not an option anymore. That ship has sailed. You must now pay to get rid of your problem. And he's making it more expensive with his behavior. Put the second-first-round pick, second pick on the table.
All right, before we get out of here, I wanted to talk about LeBron playing in the Drew League for a second. Um, It was coming down as I was uh, traveling yesterday, so I didn't actually watch the game in its entirety, but I did my best to try to track down as much information as I can. And I watched the first first quarter, I believe. I'm not sure if they do quarters or halves um, at the Drew. But 42 points. Uh, He was 18 for 36 from the field, 16 for 26 from two, two for 13 from three. Uh, LeBron typically has always been a streaky three-point shooter and in a new gym that he's never been in before, a weird setting, first time playing competitive basketball in a long time. Not surprised that he didn't shoot the ball really well. The big things that I looked at was he looked physically explosive. Uh, first of all, you get a new appreciation for LeBron's size when you see him play against non-pros because he gets out there and it's just he's bigger than every single player on the court. And guys are just bumping off of him uh, as he's barreling down the lane. He still is one of the most physically impressive basketball players that we have in the league. I looked at it as a huge uh, positive in the sense that he looked physically explosive. And, and, and you you don't pay too much close attention to the three-point shot, but his handle looked sharp. He looked sharp. He looked like he was in midseason form. So what do we make of all of that? Well, first of all, why did LeBron play in the game? LeBron hasn't played in the Drew League since the lockout, right? In two thousand in the summer of two thousand eleven. It's been eleven years. He's been living in LA for the last half decade. So there's uh so there's for the last four years. So there's no reason why he would suddenly be interested in the Drew League. We also know he's one of the most calculated people in all of sports. With LeBron, almost everything he does serves an ulterior motive, right? Or, or a bigger purpose than what you would think. I looked at this as LeBron sending a clear message to the Lakers front office. I am locked in. I am in midseason form in July. I look at this season as my last great chance to win an NBA championship. Do not waste this on this roster. Do not waste this in hopes of a 2027 first round pick or a 2029 first round pick that has a damn zero, a damn near 0% chance of being half as good as I am right now. That was the message that I thought LeBron was trying to send to that front office. He was trying to breed urgency. Look at what you have on the roster. This is what I'm capable of. Kyrie is there for the taking. Go get him. That's the way I looked at it. I enjoyed it. I love basketball. I, I, I loved seeing the crowd. I loved that intimate setting. It was cool seeing all of the other fringe pros, guys playing overseas, former college players, really compete in that environment, battling with DeMar DeRozan, battling with LeBron. Obviously, it was a cool moment, and I'm sure LeBron had a great time too, but he was out there to send a message, and I thought that was to send a specific, uh, 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 a clear clear impression of what his intentions were this season, to pour his heart and soul into trying to win a championship. LeBron James, when he's motivated, is a force to be reckoned with, and you can tell when he is and when he isn't. Him in 2017, when he knew uh, Kevin Durant was on the Warriors, and he knew he didn't have much of a chance to win the title, you could see him pull back defensively, right? Then you get into 2020, and it's like Anthony Davis is on the roster. He likes the role players. He feels like he has a chance. From day one, he's locked in, right? Then last year, with when, when the Russ thing started to go south, you could almost see him making a calculation about his chances, and when he didn't think he had the chances, he pulled back. 
But this has been a humiliating couple of years for him in the sense that they lost in the first round and, and missed the playoffs entirely. I think he's locked in. I think he sees this as, this as his last great opportunity. I expect him to approach this season with the same amount of ferocity that he did in 2020. That's all the more reason for the Lakers to push their chips into the middle of the table, and I hope they do. All right, guys, that is all I have for today. At some point over the course of the next few days, I expect one of these trades to go down, and then we'll have something. As always, I sincerely appreciate your guys' support. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at underscore JasonLT so I can share some stuff about the trip with you guys, show announcements, things along those lines. Subscribe to the Volumes YouTube channel so you don't miss any more of our, our videos. And then follow, uh, subscribe to the um, the Hoops Tonight podcast feed just in case you miss any of the YouTube videos. As always, I appreciate you guys, and I'll see you in a couple of days. The Volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Kevin Hart here. This basketball season, Chase Freedom Unlimited is helping me cash back on everything. Even the sound system that auto-tunes the game. Curry from way downtown. Defense. Will the owner of a red sedan please visit guest services? Bet you've never heard cash back and sound like that. Cash back like a pro with Chase Freedom Unlimited. Chase, make more of what's yours. Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com.